0: Do we really know the term fair use as content creators?
1: Mike, no awesome.
0: check, mic check. One, two, three, four. Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Wolf Fat Podcast, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly topics that happens on a weekly basis here in the entertainment industry, where we go behind the scenes, explore some of the details, some of the hidden truths, you know, and expose some ugly truths, and of course, give out our fresh perspective on some reaction videos. I'm your host, Wolfson, and without further ado, let's get started with the Shazen. But before we get started, I want to give a big shout out to all my loyal followers and listeners who's been constantly supporting my podcast. Thank you guys so much for continuing supporting my podcast. I'm going to give a shout out to um, Michael, who's known as uh, Mike Phoenix. I want to give a shout out to Mike the Beast. I want to give a shout out to Ruben, Vanessa, shout out to uh, Manu. And of course, I want to give a shout out to Chris Fode, my cousin, my brother, my best friend who has been supporting me since day one and is the reason why I have podcasts, you know? Shout out to all those guys. And of course, shout out to everybody who's been, <laughs> been following me. Let's go, guys, let's go. Um, Just wanna give that shout out, that early announcement. And also, I wanna give an early announcement that I'm contemplating and thinking of adding a fur podcast channel. <laughs> I know, guys. I know it's it's. I got the long move. I got the wolf bag. And I'm gonna have another one. Well, here's the thing. I for the longest time I've been wanting, wanting to have a sort of a geek channel. Like for the longest time, I've always want to be part of it because I feel like. I'm talking a lot about animes and mangas and video games and TVs, movies here in the Wolfpack. And I feel like it started to lose a little bit of its focus. It's like, I'm trying to be all over the place. And I'm like, as much as I like that, I need to divide all that stuff into two separate categories, especially when I don't have enough time to talk about, you know, the next video game, the next anime or the next comic book or the next manga, the next Movie or TV that relates to any of those things, or video games, or companies, stuff like that. Like I really want to have, so I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a co-host. Definitely, in this channel I need to have a co-host in order for me to bounce ideas. Or co-host it doesn't have to be one person. It could be multiple people. It could be two and me. And we can run the show or not. Um, I'm thinking of ideas. Um, If if any of you guys are interested to start out this podcast, please let me know in the comments down below or shoot yourself in a DM. And, you know, let's talk about it. See what we can do, you know. So I am contemplating that. So that way, the Wolfpack can generate generate, um, only content that's specific for, you know, entertainment industries. while the geek channel is more for all that stuff. So that way, we have a we have a niche audience from there and from there, you know. And of course, the Lone Wolf always going to remain an interview podcast base. And happy to say that I got another interview coming up, and it's a recurring guest from the for the Lone Wolf podcast coming up really soon. I can't wait. Um, he has a lot of projects, so I can't wait to t- talk about him. His name is Gringo Music. Let's go! I talked about him in my Lone Wolf podcast before. He's now we're just going to catch up. And I kind of like that idea about catching up, so I definitely want to bring back some of the recurring guests, and hopefully I can bring some new guests as well. We'll see how it goes, you know. In the meantime, let's start with this, bro. Where I already talked too much, guys. So some some of the things I definitely want to talk about because I definitely. Say like, oh, we need to discuss about this. Um, For those of you who don't remember about XQC not too long ago, XQC had a, had a debate with Ethan Klein from H3H3 H3 Productions about the terms of fair use and how XQC is literally stealing from other content creators by just literally re- doing a reaction video. With no commentary, like little to no commentary. 10 minutes of of an hour base commentary, just adding 10 minutes. That's it. And times that he just records, streams it, uploads on YouTube. And you can see that he does not add any value or anything. And he just sits there and times that he walks out and comes back. And that's it. That's all he's doing. That's actually stealing. Because not only is he not creating, you're stealing... The the original creator's um, viewership and traffic and following base to go watch you. It's like if if you're not gonna comment anything on top of it, why should I follow you? Well, I'm gonna go straight to the main guy, you know. And he's been under fire for quite some time since since even client called him out. And and that it's and that's just one thing. He also steals the thumbnails. He doesn't add any creativity. He just takes the same thumbnail and slaps his face and then it's actually reacts and that's it. That's it, and he gets all the followings and and all the traffic and whatnot. Like shit. If that's the case, then then fuck me. Let's all fucking do that. Then I guess I don't know. It's fu- it's fucking ridiculous the fact that I'm hearing that a, a big well-known streamer is doing shitty behavior like that, and he takes no repercussions out of it, and he faces nothing. So today we're gonna react to Legal Eagle, who actually tackles this as uh, such. It. And tackles the term of fair use because maybe we don't know what the term of fair use and we're just hearing about it every time we're recording something, you know, so legal Eo is going to give us a, a brief informed version of what fair use is and we're going to talk about it a little bit and then we'll move on to the next topic because we got a few topics. I want to get it out really do. Um, Let's just go on with this. Streamers are being so lazy, it might be illegal. That's right,
1: professional live streamer XQC is facing accusations of stealing content for his own reaction videos while making a complete mockery of other people's intellectual property rights. Seriously, oh, hold on. This part's great. Man, I love this guy. Welcome back, legal eaglets. Today, it's time to think like a lawyer because we're going to be covering one of the most misunderstood aspects of copyright law, fair use. So hold on, because it depends. But for those not in the know, XQC is one of the most popular and highest paid internet personalities. Over the past decade, the 27-year-old Canadian has yeah. cultivated a dedicated following for his unique style of unfiltered commentary for video game livestreams and YouTube videos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. This is a, by the way, this is the first time me watching this video. So I don't know what the man spent. But holy shit. But holy shit, bro. Oh my god. Oh my god. Alright. Woo! This is the first time me watching this video. Um, well, I don't know what to expect, honestly. I don't know what to expect. XQC's most recent
1: controversy kicked off when he uploaded a video to his YouTube channel showing himself reacting to another creator's video on the JFK assassination. <laughs> about to return to ground level, given spotted and also approaching. While reaction videos typically involve lots of pausing and constructive commentary on selected clips, XQC's video is almost exclusively just him watching the entirety of another person's 90 minute video. This triggered an influx of backlash from other YouTubers who accuse XQC of free writing off of another creator's hard work, all
0: while reaping financial rewards via clicks and ad revenue. XQC. See, that's exactly what I was talking about. You see him watching this video and at little to no commentary. And the the, the argument all this is that this is something that has been well known from him for a while, for a long time. I'm like, that's crazy. How is it possible that none of these streaming companies have like at least slapped it on the wrist for saying, hey, you can't be doing this. He's doing it
1: is saying next to nothing. Again, it's just like, wow, this video is popular. So I'm going to sit in the corner and my audience will do basically whatever I say and I'll say it next to nothing and make free money. Exactly.
0: Exactly. All he's doing is basically just sitting there not doing anything, not saying anything, just watching it and had the his audience and his commentators just say stuff. And that's pretty much it. Then if that was fucking easy, then we should be doing this right now. Oh, you can't be doing it. So, oh, but why can't I? XQC is doing it. Why can't I? If he's going to react to a video of mine, I should react to a video of his, right? Of him not saying anything. But that's considered parody. That's on the fair use. You can do that. Something I learned. Where sometimes he even keeps the video playing while he leaves to use the bathroom or make lunch. See, that's crazy. What little little information you provided? What kind of commentary you're adding towards it by just going off the bathroom and not say anything? And this is the first two minutes of the video. And I'm already like, hmm. Do not pose this to YouTube for the lack of react. The lack of react. Boom. And of course, excuse me. And then he takes it so sarcastically. He doesn't even take it seriously. He, gets, he just mocks about it. It's like, oh my God, I love. Oh my God, lack of reaction. Okay, here you go. Whoa, wow, no way. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're literally mocking everybody at that point. I still don't know how people follow this guy. He's
1: not the only streamer who reacts to other people's videos in real time with almost no commentary. It's all over the place. Now, XUC claims he's done nothing wrong and accuses his critics of being envious of his success. Now, as a YouTuber who has produced my own share of reaction videos and had their videos reacted to by others, this is an issue that is near and dear to my heart and more importantly, my wallet. And the transformative nature of fair use is one of the most misunderstood areas of the law on the Internet.
0: Oh, good. I I really hope that he'll explain it now because yeah, this is something that everybody needs to know what fair use is. And there's multiple times in which I did some reaction videos and not even just did reaction videos. I've even, you know, talked about a trailer and yet the company inf- infracts copyright infringements. I'm like, I only small, I only put it on a small scale. There's no audio coming from the trailer. I'm talking over it throughout the entirety of the video. Literally talking through it, commenting. I'm saying nothing but positive reviews out of it. Did I get a copyright? If you guys are uh, like fans of the show, you already know which companies I'm talking about. Warner Brothers, HBO Max, and I don't know if Nintendo. Nintendo is very notorious about taking down stuff. They don't play around with that. But I know Warner Brothers is well notorious about that. Commenting on their trailers just to give them a positive review. And I still get a copyright for And even after, even after I, I appeal the process, they like, that's not true. I'm in the Fair Use Act. I can do this. I'm not, the video's not saying, they just say they don't see it that way. And they say, no, nope, we're going to reject your appeal. So it's like, I can take this further and screw them, but it ain't worth my time. And I don't have the money and resources to fight a corporation like that. And if I really, really want to, I can appeal it, but it's going to consider a strike if I lose. So I'd rather not that. I, I'm not that big yet, guys. So I was like, I, I would choose my battles.
1: So today, let's take a deep dive into one of the most heated debates on online content creation and fair use that's happening right now. Now,
0: right. Felix Lingiel,
1: better known as XQC, has spent nearly a decade building a devoted online following as a former top ranked competitive Overwatch player, turned streamer and content creator. And on the live streaming platform Twitch and now Kick, uh, XQC regularly chats with fans, hosts reality shows, and broadcasts himself playing video
0: games. I honestly don't know what the what his followers see in him. What's so entertaining of him doing the ridiculous noises like that? i I watched a few like clips here and there, and I still do not understand the appealing of this jackass, honestly. And on his YouTube channel,
1: XQC makes general videos on a variety of topics, including videos of himself reacting to other creators' content uh, and often re-uploading his live streams. Now, XCC is no stranger to controversy, and if anything, he revels in it. He's been historically suspended from Twitch for various reasons, ranging
0: from a copyright strike for live streaming the Tokyo... Oh! Oh, I didn't know about that. Then again, I don't follow the dumbass. But I can see it happening to him. See, that's that's another thing. Something that's been known on a lot of Twitch, uh, not just Twitch, uh, Kick, Rumble, whatever. A lot of streamers, you can't be streaming movies, TV shows, or or live stuff like whatever Super Bowls and whatnot, because you get banned because it's not licensed. Like whatever you're doing, it's not licensed. You didn't even pay for it to see it, and you're giving others to see it. So it's losing money for those companies. So for you to do that, that's it's against them. It's against their policies. <sighs> what a moron for him to do something like that. Olympics. To an where he uploaded a brief clip of two gorillas mating. Am I reading this right? SQC receives 24-hour Twitch ban for showing clip of gorillas having. Money. S- Sh- the single, single dancers. All right. So we established a pattern. This is something well known about him. Why do you still have a platform? Why are people still following him? Which
1: he claims was by accident. And XQC has also blurred out homophobic, sexist. Oh, no.
0: Again, I don't know anything about XQC. And now I'm finding out all these things about him and he still has a platform. Overwatch Pro players suspended over homophobic slurs. GTA players want XQC banned for sexist jokes uh, aimed at female streamers. Bro. GTA Grand Theft Auto? If you guys know the level of degeneracy is Grand Theft Auto or GTA, you know how bad it is and how wow wow west it is when you're playing that game. For them to say, like, yo, ban this guy for making jokes or ma- making homophobic slurs to somebody, that means SQC did something that crossed 20 lines. How did I not know about this? again I'm, I just get I'm getting into the streaming world just recently like I don't know um but I knew the moment I've heard about him the moment I've seen some of his because I knew something about him just that makes me want to hate him like makes me want like dislike and not trust him at all
1: My intuitions are right. or otherwise bizarre comments during live streams.
0: But ironically, the famously
1: outspoken XQC now finds himself under fire for the things he doesn't say during his reaction videos. Now, most recently, XQC kicked the hornet's nest on July 24th, 2023, when he posted a video onto his YouTube channel titled The Kennedy Assassination, XQC Reacts to Lemino. But XQC's video is not so much a reaction video as it is mostly just him watching an entire 90-minute JFK documentary in silence. A number of YouTubers accused XQC of stealing the content of a fellow creator, while providing Mm -hmm. almost zero commentary that would make the video his own. First, it was Bub Films taking XQC to task. Then some ordinary gamers join the fray, describing the video as garbage. And this isn't the first time that XQC's non-reactive reaction videos have actually stirred controversy. Neo, a YouTuber who creates educational videos, uh, who you can also find on Nebula, uh, criticized XQC for leaving the room five seconds into reacting to Neo's video and only coming back 10 minutes later. This is exactly what we're talking about. Which Neo described as XQC, quote, making a mockery out of the fact that he is not reacting. He also provided a graph showing that there was no viewership boost for Neo during and after XQC's broadcast.
0: That just shows you how he's stealing his content, his viewership. His audience, after he watched it, the, the guy put out the, the the documentary, the video, and his audience, and you see his like, oh, how he actually like, oh shit, good, good, here we go. All of a sudden, XQC drops it, and he lost all his view shit, and then gains nothing, and just, XQC steals all of it. On the streaming site, Kick, which XQC recently made a $100 million deal to join, one of XQC's first streams went
1: south after a member of Kick staff had to jump into the chat to stop him from streaming the entirety of The Dark Knight.
0: What did I say earlier? You can't be streaming movies and, and TV shows, anything that has like a copyright or laws on it because streamers do not allow it. They want you to create original content, not stream the whole movie so others can see it. The fact that he went to kick and uh, kick players or uh, kick mods had to go into the street and say, yo, you stop the streaming now, don't stream The Dark Knight, do something else. How does this guy even have a platform? How is this guy a millionaire? How? He then found himself temporarily hidden from Kicks directory, AKA shadow band
1: uh, for a second copyright violation Good. for streaming and Breaking back. Get us now, addressing the backlash band. to the Kennedy video, XUC asserted in a live stream that he paused like crazy and added a lot of commentary to very generous statements. Bro, I paused like crazy, added a lot of commentary. Chat, this is why I did commentate that streams are f- content. Streams in their entirety.
0: Yeah. Sh- then why are you signed to a streaming platform? Why are you a part of the streaming community? And claimed he only rushed through because his chat was, quote, getting mad. And after going on one
1: of his trademark rants, he added, quote, Yes, a lot of it is just watching it because that's what chat wants. If I commentate too much, chat gets f- bored. Now, we'll talk about legal defenses in the future, but this is just classic. The chat got bored, so it's OK to yeah. copyright infringement. What a need. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's fine here. But on Twitter, XQC hit back at some ordinary mm-hmm. gamers writing, quote, I'm watching a vid. I like to my
0: people. That's it. Whatever that means. Now, what? XQC reacted to Neo. Yo, he definitely has one of the most broken ass English I've ever <laughs> encountered in my life. My English ain't perfect. <clears throat> and English is not my first language. You serious? I know my English ain't perfect. But Jesus, when you have a conversation with see or you hear him talk and talk in English, I'm like, I got lost in the first couple of words. Like, what? <laughs> Where are we going? What? Why is it that what? <laughs> Have you heard him talking like even I can't believe that even projects whatever he's talking on Twitter and it's still you still don't understand what the fuck
1: is he saying? Those response uh, with this incomprehensible video. Is this going uploaded? Is this going Why it didn't? Why it didn't? It so, so what's the problem? So what's the problem then? People say that it's when you upload it to the same platform and it's a problem. Yeah, so what I think he's trying to say, and don't quote me on this, is that he told his editor or his social media guy not to republish his live stream to YouTube, thinking that that somehow absolved him of copyright infringement. Yeah, That's that, not the case. Now, what that. this gibbering Mounder fails to understand is that it's copyright infringement, whether it takes place during a live stream or during a video on demand or a, a mm. re-upload. It doesn't matter whether it's live or not. It's still copyright infringement. Right. It just might be harder to actually find if uh, there's no actual recorded video of it, if it was a live stream that just went off into the ether. And actually, when XQC was called out during the live stream of reacting to Neo's video uh, for the lack of commentary, uh, XQC just gets angry and, and makes some stuff up, uh, talking about uh, some nonsense reaction about the, the metal of the pillars and stuff. Oh, metal pipes, pipes on cement, on cement on football, go at the back. Wait a minute, chat. Wait a minute, chat. Hold up. I think this is a, this is a very rare copper alloy right there, chat. But it highlights the...
0: And he's a well-known deflector. He really is good. He's good at deflecting the subject. And then blames on others for, de- for deflecting the subject. It was like, bro, you're the one who did it. It actually makes no sense why all of a sudden he's starting to like talk about the pillars and then football. Like what? Huh? Lack of actual
1: commentary. You can't just describe what you're seeing and call it commentary. That's not going to qualify. Yeah, and no. It highlights the lack of anything of value that's being added and the lack of uh, transformativeness of these reactions. But XUC described uh, some ordinary gamers take as, quote, unfounded criticism, full of personal attacks and asked some ordinary gamers why this triggered Personal
0: attacks? Really? We're going to play the victim and all of this? Oh my God. Dude, you, you're you literally streaming stuff without the permission and you're stealing it and you're slapping it as if it's your own and you're not even adding anything on top of it. You're not even adding in the, the sense of reacting or commenting. You're just watching it and that's it. Like, bro. Here's him so much. Now, speaking as a lawyer and
1: YouTuber, uh, the reason this triggers uh, some people, especially content creators, is that XQC seems to be basically stealing other people's hard work under the guise of creating a reaction video. Which we'll talk about whether it's a reaction or not. But besides the legality of it, there are a wide variety of attitudes toward reaction content in the streaming community itself. Ethan Klein, a YouTuber and co-host of the H3 Podcast, has emerged as a prominent voice on fair use and one of the fiercest critics of non-reactive content creators. And on the August 7th episode of the H3
0: Podcast, Klein and XQC debated what counts as fair use with respect to hosting content. We, we, we remember we we talked about that that debate it's, it was I I wish I could have showed the entirety of the debate I only want to talk for a brief about it but yeah we talked about it XUC accused Klein of doing the same thing by featuring smaller creators' content on his platform you if keep he, saying that you're doing, doing not it proving you're doing
1: it you're doing it you come you call me a thief piece of sh- when yeah. you're doing it, you haven't proven that. I don't know why you keep saying that. Exactly. I'll- he hasn't proven anything. However, a key difference is that H3 rarely plays a video in its entirety. And XQC asserted that his live reactions give exposure to smaller creators, which set up a furious response from Klein. Nice try. You literally do it to enrich yourself. You're a multimillionaire, and you steal content from small creators, and you don't give a f about their rights exactly. or what they want. You're not creating anything big exactly. for anyone. You're just taking attention and views for yourself, and you don't give a f about the the uh, the consequences of that. It's not your decision to make that for other people's property. Now, the debate devolved into finger pointing and insults with Klein cutting off the stream, but not before XQC asserted people would rather watch him do the worm than
0: watch Klein's podcast. Yeah, it's he clearly doesn't, doesn't know what the worm is. Yeah, <sighs> this is what I'm talking about. It's, it's like I can just do the worm, and you'll have I'll have more people generated to see it. I feel like he knows how to cr- stir up controversy and how he gets a following. Not the right way, but he definitely knows how to do it. He's very good at it. Um, but he's just an a hole at the end of the day. And he then did so.
1: He, oh, okay, sure. I mean, that's content, man. It's a ri- oh, it's original content, at least.
0: Yes, do that, bro. Do that's what? What? That's in, in the way emotional, damn. It. He didn't have to shake his balls for that. That just shows you that he's a a, a legit douchebag
1: of all of this controversy, YouTuber Meat Canyon created a parody of XQC in a video he called uh, The Tragedy of a Reaction Streamer, in which XQC is portrayed as a smug like monster, recording oh, yeah. views, though I ironically, that. <laughs> the XQC so golem dude, in this video seems so to be actually more coherent than the real thing. If I liked it a lot, make sure to leave a like, a click on the bell and the uh, thing and oh, shit, in the pose. And then things got meta when XQC reacted to the video by barely reacting. And then things got really meta when Meat Canyon reacted to XQC's reaction by barely reacting. Oh. Though ironically, Meat Canyon's reaction is probably the one that's most likely to qualify as fair use uh, because oh. uh, under some circumstances, parody can be fair use. And if
0: What I said earlier, I called it. When you react to another react because they didn't do anything and you're just like, alright, let's react to my content. Parody, I'm making fun of you.
1: If I was his lawyer, I'd argue the parody only works if he reacts to the whole thing without reacting. Uh, copyright can be really weird sometimes. Of course, yeah, copyright can be hard It's why you need a good lawyer. And this is a perfect opportunity to talk about one of my very favorite cases that actually involves Ethan Klein. Now, originally, Ethan Klein found fame through his YouTube channel, H3H3 Productions, uh, which was hosted by himself and his wife, Hila. Now, their content included sketch comedy and reaction videos that satirize Internet culture. And it was one of their biting reaction videos that landed them in federal court because in February of 2016, Ethan and Hila posted a video mercilessly mocking the video of another fellow YouTuber, Matt Hosensideh, uh, in which his character, uh, the Big Bold Guy, uh, attempts to seduce a love interest using the power of parkour. I don't recommend that you watch this video. It is the most cringeworthy thing you have ever seen in your entire
0: life. Yeah, I don't I don't and for some it. reason it still exists. I, don't, I really don't need to see
1: it YouTube, but the client's 14 minute reaction video included numerous clips of the big, bold guy's supremely cringe video interspersed with their own commentary and jokes. And frankly, they played almost the entire video itself while they were commentating on it. And in response, Houghton known online as Matt Haas, sued the pair in federal court for copyright infringement and DMCA violations. And in the original complaint, Haas accused the clients of reproducing virtually all of the work as, quote, nothing more than a prop in their comedy routine. And after the clients posted a video discussing the lawsuit, Haas added a defamation claim as well. But Judge Catherine Forrest of the Southern District of New York rejected all of Haas' claims, ruling that the client's video constituted quintessential
0: criticism and comment that clearly fell within the bounds of fair use. Interesting. So the judge rejected that. There's, I guess, like, interesting. The client video is quintessential criticism and comment. Defendant's use of clips from the Haas videos constitute fair use as a matter of law. That's interesting. But I thought this was more of a defamation suit than anything. In her analysis, Judge Force highlighted that the heart of the fair use inquiry
1: is the extent to which the purpose and character of the use is transformative by adding something new with further purpose or different character. Noting that commentary and criticism Yay! have a strong presumption in favor of fair use, she cites various jokes and comments the clients made about the video, like calling Haas the king of cringe tube, criticizing what they found to be unrealistic dialogue between Haas and the parkour actress, and mocking the plaintiff's parkour ability. And Judge Force also analyzed uh, to what extent the client's video uh, usurped the man for Haas' work by serving as a market substitute. And citing the Supreme Court's ruling in Campbell v. Acuff Rose, aka mm. the two live crew case, Judge Force noted that uh, lethal parody may indeed hurt demand for the original work and the injury may even be intentional But that does not produce a harm cognizable under the copyright act and accordingly judge Forrest found that the Klein's video replete with criticism And mockery is quote decidedly not a market substitute for the Haas video holding that the client's video constituted fair use okay. uh, judge Forrest then dismissed the claims of copyright infringement and the DMCA violation And she also tossed the defamation action deeming the offending statements non actionable opinions and Ethan Klein rightfully declared this ruling a huge victory for fair use on YouTube But
0: I agree. I, I agree because that means that that means all those copyright infringements from fucking Warner Brothers that, that have been trying to slap on me—they should be thrown out right out the window right away, and I should be appealing. But then I—I I sacrifice the turn. If I lose, I got a strike, and I can't post for a week. And I was like, uh, my channel re- requires for me to post every week. I don't know. Um, but that's interesting because that way we now we're much more informed of the term of fair use, and we can clearly see how. XQC is not even doing that very definition of uh, fair use, but uh, rather than he's just stealing other people's contexts. In a footnote, Judge Forrest also cautioned, quote, the court is not ruling here that all reaction
1: videos constitute fair use. She then provided helpful guidance for why the client's video was fair use, but other reaction videos might not be, quote, some reaction videos, like the client video, intersperse short segments of another's work with criticism and commentary, while others are more akin to a group viewing session without Mm. commentary. Now, even though this case is 70 years old now, it's a great rundown of the fair use factors, especially in the context of an actual YouTube case, which is why I cite this case in uh, every single one of my video descriptions. And if Lemino or Neo or others decide to sue XQC for copyright infringement, I can pretty much guarantee that they'll quote from this decision to argue that XQC's videos are a group viewing session without commentary, not entitled to any fair use use defense. So let's run through this analysis for what XQC is doing. And All right, good. Let's go straight to the point, what is fair use? And figure out whether he has a fair use defense or whether it's copyright infringement. Now, fair use is a legal doctrine that allows unlicensed use of copyrighted material in certain circumstances. As an affirmative defense to infringement, fair use seeks to balance the property interests of copyright holders with the public interest of encouraging freedom of expression and the wider Mm. distribution of creative works. And while fair use is decided on a case by case basis, there are certain enumerated activities that are uh, laid out in the Copyright Act as potentially qualifying for fair use. And that includes criticism, commentary, news reporting and research.
0: And that is criticism, comment, news reporting, Teaching, including multiple copies of classrooms use scholarship, or research. That's the fair use. I can tell you this. I've done the criticism, the commentating, the teaching, and research. Every time I react to a video, or every time I I talked about a a trailer or something. So Warner Brothers, you get this. Congratulations, you played yourself. You guys are a bunch of uh, uh, assholes, honestly. And so, is, and so is fucking uh, Nintendo when, whenever they decide to cr- crush down some of their f- things. But SQC and some many other content creators who do this shit, guys, it's not an exhaustive list. And in determining whether a particular use of a
1: copyrighted work constitutes fair use, courts will consider the following four factors as codified in section 107 of the Copyright Act. And no factor is determinative. You have to weigh every single one of them. Uh, The first factor is the purpose and character of the use, including whether the use is of a
0: commercial nature or for a nonprofit educational purpose. The second is the good thing that that's the first thing I always use. It's always going to be nonprofit educational purposes to all my stuff. The nature of the copyright. Nature of the
1: copyrighted work, uh, the amount and substantiality of the portion used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole, and the effect of the use upon the potential market for or value of the copyrighted work. So, for the first factor, courts examine how the party claiming fair use is using the copyrighted work. And while non commercial and educational uses are more likely to be deemed fair, making money from the use of another's work doesn't automatically preclude a fair use finding. Instead, the key inquiry is. To the extent the use is considered transformative. And the example that I often use is that Jurassic Park was originally a novel written by Michael Crichton. Then eventually it was turned into a movie, uh, Jurassic Park, uh, created by Steven Spielberg. Now, the movie is a derivative of the novel. And while it was transformative to turn the novel into a movie, you better believe that Steven Spielberg got permission and was able to license the IP to turn the novel into a movie. He had to. He
0: had to. There is no other way to do that without the permission of the author. Otherwise, we wouldn't have as many Jurassic Park movies and we wouldn't have the license of it on, on all the theme parts and sell all the merchandise. He had to ask permission for it. Otherwise, yeah, it would have had a massive lawsuit against him and Universal. Steven
1: Spielberg had not gotten permission,
0: that would have been copyright infringement. Yeah.
1: And that's why fair use can be tricky because for it to qualify as fair use, it has to be transformative, it has to create something new, but it also has to be for the purpose and character of one of the fair use uh, categories that the law recognizes as uh, available to use for fair use, whether it's education or whether it's commentary, criticism or parody. The purpose has to be there as well as it being transformative. Being transformative right. alone is not enough. And in fact, that can make it copyright infringement. Now, the second factor is the nature of the copyrighted work, which analyzes the degree to which the work that was used relates to the copyright purpose of encouraging creative expression. In short, the use of copyrighted material uh, from a work of fiction weighs in favor of finding infringement while taking from a factual work, likely a news item, is more likely to be deemed fair use. But uh, frankly, the courts don't put very much uh, import uh, for this particular factor unless uh, the work has never been published before. Mm. But the third prong considers the quantity and quality of the copyrighted work that was used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole. So in other words, fair use is less likely to be found when large portions of a copyrighted work are used. Uh, or if you're taking the heart of the copyrighted work itself. So in other words, fair use is much less likely to be found when large portions of a copyrighted work are used, and you're much more likely to be able to mount a fair use defense when you only use small portions. But in some contexts, even taking a small amount of a copyrighted material can render a use unfair if the selection constitutes a substantial part of the work or the heart of the work itself. So, for example, in a case called Harper and Roe versus Nation Enterprises, the Supreme Court held that a news article's quotation of fewer than 400 words from President Gerald Ford's 200,000-word memoir constituted the heart of the work, and the use was ultimately found to be infringing. And the reason there is because the magazine published the part of Ford's memoir that related to pardoning Richard Nixon, which apparently was the only reason you would ever read Gerald Ford's memoir. So this would be another strike against XQC, because XQC and these other live streamers are just republishing the entirety of the other YouTube videos and then mm-hmm. reacting to it. And then the fourth and final factor focuses on whether and to what extent the unlicensed use saps the demand for the protected work by serving as a market substitute. In other words, in assessing this factor, courts consider whether the use is hurting the current market for the original work, for example, by displacing sales of the original, uh, or preventing uh, people from watching the original video, uh, and or whether the use could cause substantial harm if it were to become widespread. And I think this is yet another strike against XQC, because when you republish virtually the entire portion of another person's video, and then you're not commenting on it uh, with new meaning and commentary, Exactly! Uh, why would anyone then watch the original video? Uh,
0: they've already seen the video on your livestream. stream. <laughs> yes, exactly! Exactly. If this doesn't prove you how much he's actually stealing from the original video and he just slapping his name in his face and call it a day and that's it. If that doesn't tell you scumbag behavior, nothing will
1: someone who has made dozens of reaction videos for this channel, and as a lawyer uh, who has a vested interest in not getting sued for copyright infringement, I have a lot of experience on how these reaction videos are supposed to work, or at least that's how Gamerant feels about my channel. Mm. Uh, but to give another example, when I reacted to uh, the movie My Cousin Vinny, I didn't post the entire movie, and I didn't just show myself watching it, however fun that might have been. Uh, instead, I took clips and punctuated them with my actual legal commentary. Uh, you see, the traditional way of making reaction videos is to actually react to the videos. Well, exactly. Hey, I just said that. Now, creators who stream for long periods of time assert that, of course, there will be dead air while they eat or go to the bathroom. But the problem with that argument is that by the nature of live streaming, you can't take the minimal amount necessary as required under the fair use factor. And instead, you're playing the whole thing in real time and you're not Thank making you. any discretionary choice as to what is actually yes. And yeah, biology might dictate that you might need to take a bathroom break, but that's not a defense to
0: copyright infringement. Exactly. That's a live streamer problem, not a content creator problem. And he still streams and the thing's still going on. like.
1: So yes, leaving to take a break will almost certainly violate copyright due to the lack of commentary, but arguably so does just watching it in real time if there's no commentary being made. And this highlights why it might actually be impossible for any live streamer to have a live stream reaction where they're just simply playing the entire video and reacting because there's been no forethought about what's the minimum necessary to make the point of the commentary or the point of the criticism. They're just playing the entire thing and interjecting mm-hmm. some little bits of commentary or, or criticism. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And courts don't look fondly when you use the entirety of the work. So yes, you could add some original commentary to your reaction, but if it completely displaces the market for the original, it's probably not fair use. And it's pretty obvious that once you see a video during a live stream, the way that most of these live streamers do it, you're not going to go back and watch the whole video again. Let's be honest. This kind of reaction content is extremely low effort and easy to do. Why? Because you're just piggybacking on the work of the original. Because you're piggybacking of the original content.
0: Yes. All you're doing is just watching, not saying anything, not commenting on anything. And and let me tell you guys something. What I'm doing right here on this reaction video, it is considered under fair use. Why? Because I don't have to comment the entirety of the video. I can just comment the first couple of seconds, the first minute or the first five minutes of the video, the first ten. I could have a minute long not commenting and then afterwards I can pause and comment something about it and be something more transformative about it. That's how Fair Use is being played. Like in a in a 20 minute, a 27 video, I'm trying to transform it into less or more than, what it, than its original content. And SQC only adds five to ten minutes of the original content. So is he really commenting? Is he really actually adding stuff on top of it? person. And whether XQC is in the room or not, there's an argument to be made that his
1: borderline incoherent babbling might not even qualify as the commentary or criticism necessary for fair use. Anyway, honestly, I think my dog could offer about the same level of incisive commentary as XQC during most of his live streams. <laughs> if you want to feel bad, just remember that-
0: Oh my god. That's
1: yo. Shots fire, shots fire. Honestly, I think my dog could offer about the same level of incisive commentary as XQC during most of his live streams. Yeah, if you want to feel bad, just remember that apparently this garbage is apparently worth $100 million to the streaming platform. <laughs>
0: Yo! Emotional, damn it! Shots fire, shots fire! Yo! me, you get this. Congratulations, you played yourself. Yo, this guy, and I agree, like, how is it possible that we live a douchebag and garbage of a person have its own platform and let it stream? I guess if we have people like Sneeko and Neon and Adam Ross and Fousey and the uh, Fresh and Fraud people out of there having their own show, I guess that's why there's platforms for them. SQC should be in Rumble. It shouldn't be in Kick or any other platform because he do- he generates and adds no value, little to no value. Yeah, he's garbage. I agree. And uh, this is hilarious. Hold on. I need to do you this. See during most of his live streams.
1: if you want to feel bad, just remember that apparently this garbage is apparently worth a hundred million dollars to the streaming platform, Kick. But there are some live streamers who do things the right way. If you get permission or you get a license from the person who owns the rights to the videos, then by all means, it's great that you are getting that permission and then reacting to it. And if you want an example of people who do reaction content right that aren't lawyers on YouTube, there's a popular YouTuber, Ludwig. Not only has he created his own video differentiating between a genuine reaction video and stolen content, he's also held in high regard among other content creators for his ethical streaming practices. Uh, In particular, he asks for permission. Uh, And when he reacts to a fantastic series like Jetlag, also available on Nebula, uh, he continually suggests that people sign up nebula so they can watch jet lag where it was originally published so ludwig
0: is evidence that it's not impossible see see creators like that and myself like i i'm gonna give i'm gonna put the link of the description down below for this episode so people can actually watch the original content um people like him and people like Abbott and preach and playback and others that they actually give the link under the description every time they do their reactions and whatnot see that's giving them the source that's giving them like hey don't just watch my video. I'm not just going to react to my video and, and not give you a shout-out. Here's the shout-out. Go watch the full thing on so-and-so's channel and whatnot. That's good. If, even if you didn't ask for permission, giving them a shout-out by saying, hey, watch on this stream, search it, follow them. They make great content. That's already good enough. And that's protecting yourself from fair use as well. But again, like he said, 100 hundred. What is that, $100 million worth of garbage this guy is? Yeah, Kick, you. I don't know, you fumbled the money on that one.
1: Another example of someone who does reaction content the right way is Dr. Mike. He is only looking at little snippets and then he is talking about how that snippet relates to his chosen practice. Obviously, medicine. Now, you don't have to be a lawyer or a doctor to do reaction content. You do need to make commentary about the uh, thing you are reviewing. And you, generally speaking, can't use the entirety of the work. You should have some forethought about what you're going to use and what's not necessary. Mm. And ultimately, non transformative re uploading of videos hurts content creators, free rides off of their hard work, and likely infringes on their IP rights. If these videos are re uploaded in their entirety, it should be left up to the original content creator to approve or reject it. And remember, there's a super easy way to get around this just ask permission from the original content creator. Though in defense of live streaming reaction videos, Hassan obvious said, quote, 90% of creators don't mind. They like it when we're watching their videos. I'm a content creator, and I love it when people react to my videos. But the thing is that, Even if 90% of those people would agree to it. If you ask them, you still have to ask them or it's copyright infringement. And that, of course, uh, leaves out at least 10%, it's probably more than 10% of content creators do actually mind and you are explicitly going against their wishes. So ultimately, the easiest way around this that's good for everyone is just ask for permission. But streamers need to realize that not only is it legally required to ask for permission in many, if not most of these circumstances, as well as it being the morally right thing to do, it's also in their pecuniary interest. Someday a lawyer is going to explain the concept of statutory damages to them and they're not going to be happy about that. Uh, Until then, you can support creators directly by getting membership to today's-
0: All right, I'm going to stop it right there. Um, What are my thoughts in all this? This video was very informative. Um, it definitely, I, I actually learned a lot more, and I have a, a little bit more better understanding on on the term of Fair Act use, the Fair Use Act. And it just tells me I was right the whole time. Whenever these motherfuckers, corporate companies, that say like, "Hey, you're using our friend," like, I, motherfuckers, I've, I'm under the Fair Use Act. But it's kind of, it's interesting how he says like, you know, if you're gonna use their content, just ask permission. Nine times at like, nine times out of ten they will never respond to you. They never do. So it's like, it, it, it's very tricky in that area. That's why people still act to, I mean, react on it and ask, ask for forgiveness, right? I don't know. Um, I feel like in the streamer world, I don't know how things work, but I feel like you need to add some value out of it. If you're just going to watch and not say anything, then yeah, you should get punished. You should get copyright infringement out of it. And yeah, people should call you out and, because you're not you're not even bothering a, giving a shout out. That's already like, all right, that means that you really don't don't give a shit about the person. So uh my thoughts, I agree with what Legal Eagle says. Um the asking permission, sure, try to do that. Um, I found that you know, trying to ask permission, you barely get any response. Just react on it, but react on it with adding more content to it. And and do clips out of it if you want to. Like I, like I, we watched the whole episode. There's a couple of parts that I want to cut out and and just leave. And there's gonna be a lot of commentary about this. So yeah, uh, I have nothing to say about it. You know, I I agree. XQC is just a garbage streamer. Um, I don't know how long his reigns gonna last. But if he continues with this ad and being stealing other people's, it's gonna get to a point like streamers are gonna be you know going up in arms against him and the platforms are going to have to do some action. They have to. I don't know. Um, That's my thoughts. Let's move on. There's there's definitely a video I want to talk about, but I'm going to leave it for next week. There's there's definitely I want to talk about it and it involves with industry set. But I'll talk about this next week because it's much more coverage and I need to talk about these other things. Um, Speaking about streamers, our dumbass friend Johnny Somali, got arrested in Japan. Yes! Nani? Finally, justice, real justice! <laughs> but n- not for the reasons that you think of. But he's arrested, nevertheless. It's over it broke the camel's back. It broke the straws from the camel's back. Um, yes, Kate Streamer, Johnny Somali, got finally arrested by Japan. And he could be potentially facing like three years in prison in Japan. Uh, you guys are wondering why was he continuing to harass? No, he was still doing his harassment. Why? Because he got into a fight with somebody. No, he, he never fought. He just get punched out and knocked out. And that's it, which is the thing that we want to see. No, he actually got arrested for the dumbest reason. He got arrested because he was breaking and entering a private construction site. Who would have thought that that was going to be the one that he was going to get him arrested? So if you take a look at this article on the Certo, uh, kick streamer Johnny Samani arrested in Japan after breaking into a construction site. You can see it right here. People are flashing the badges. Controversial streamer Johnny Samani has been arrested following the months of harassing locals and other streamers. Uh, He was arrested in Osaka after reportedly Breaking into a hotel construction site last month in August 30th during a live kick broadcast on September 21st, Johnny began streaming while being followed by a police officer, saying to his viewers that, that the cop had been instead for 30 minutes. After entering a convenience store to get a drink, Johnny was apprehended as multiple officers showed up and placed him on, on handcuffs, all while he was string continuing. That's embarrassing after he was arrested after months of controversial kick broadcasts. According to Sankey News, Somalia, whose real name is Ismail Ramsey Khalid. That's your real name. Investigators arrested him for breaking into a planned construction site of a hotel. While on site, the streamers probably kept screaming, Fukushima, Fukushima, referring to the major nuclear disaster of the Fukushima Daiichi Nukavai. It's like he does not learn. He does not learn by saying these horrible things. And fuck... You, to the person that's been defending Johnny Somali on my comment section, that he says he's not a bigot, he's just been an ignorant, he doesn't know, you got to give give the kids some slack, go fuck yourself. This is bigoted behavior. Get out of here. Not only wasn't it bad enough that he goes to, an- uh, to another country and start disrespecting and harassing the people of that country and saying some of the wildest tragedies in that country, like Nagasaki and Hiroshima, he also has the audacity to continue on and say, you know, Fukushima with that shit. That ignorant fuck that's been on the, my comment section and saying some of those dumbass comments that he's just ignorant, he's not a baker, he's an ignorant. You get this.
1: Congratulations, you played
0: yourself. In the past few months in Japan, Somali has, Somali has re- frequently made headlines for his antics, upsetting locals with racist outbursts and even being attacked by his remarks. Racist outbursts. He's a bigot. Somalia had briefly banned on kick for his actions, but allowed back after the platform just 72 hours. Oh, come on. Not even a permanent ban? Kick, you need to do better, bro. You need to do it. The arrest comes just days after Twitch streamer Miyako has arrest by Somali, resulting in her calling for other sides to permanently ban him. Somali has yet to update fans on his arrest, and it's not clear if he will be allowed to remain in the country or what punishment will he face on by from Japanese authorities um yeah so molly hasn't said anything because he's in prison right now or he's in jail in japan right now and i don't know i've heard stories that he will get like three years in prison on japan that's what i've heard um good friend actions have consequences what are my thoughts in all this uh karma's a bitch there is such a thing as justice has been served um yeah i don't know what else I, uh, to add about other than I'm happy that they finally take action. Somebody has to take action. If if Kick is not gonna do anything about it, then finally, it's like the local authorities will do something about it. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm generally in surprise that the Je- Japanese government hasn't done much about it, knowing that this is happening, or even the Jakuza. I thought the Jakuza told him that he better chill the fuck out. But the fact that the local authorities over that country stopped his antics while Kick let him continue to do with this temporary bans is like. Bro, come on. Kick, you get the button. Congratulations. You played yourself. And let me tell you, I like Kick so far. I haven't streamed since the first time I streamed with them, Um, but I like Kick. I like their approach. But if you guys are going to be adding people like Adam Ross or Johnny or others by saying some of the wildest, dumbest shit, and you're not going to give them, a you know, punish, real punishment, then you're no better than, than the actual streamer. Straight up. Moving on. This is something I definitely want to talk about. And I'm so happy. Um, the writer's strike is over. Let's oh, Finally, the writer's strike has finally ended. Both parties have met a mutual agreement. Both the union and the corporations with the streaming services and whatnot met a union. I think that means that it's going to follow through with other other strikes that have been like the video game strikes and, the, and also the, the car dealer strikes. I think this is gonna. This is a good direction. Finally, so it's 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 like um, amazing that this just happened. You know, let me just point it to you guys. I i bookmarked it. Uh, shout out to Culture Crave, you know, for this. Um, they said that the writers' track officially ends. Um, I did saw you know from the search as well. The Writers Guilds of America and the Alliance of Motion Pictures of the, and Television Producers have finally reached an agreement with new contracts. Um. Yeah, here's Johnny Somali getting arrested um, where is the where is the I know I saw like some of the terms or something like that ah, here it is here it is so here's what it says the contract on 2023 dear members we have reached an tentative agreement on the new 2023 MBA, which is to say an agreement in principle on all deal points subject to drafting final contract language which is right now in the process probably I believe so what we have won in this contract, most particularly everything we have gained since May 2nd, is due to the willingness of this membership to exercise its power, to demonstrate its literary, to walk side by side, to endure the pain and uncertainty of the past 146 days. It is in the leverage generated by the strike, it, in concern with extraordinary support of our union siblings, and that finally brought the companies back to the table to make a deal. We can say, with great pride, that this deal is exceptional, with the meaningful gains and protections for writers in every sector of the membership. There's a lot more that I couldn't find, but this just gives us a brief summary of it, which I'm just generally happy with. It. Um, here's here's something. Here's what Culture Crave said. Here's what Culture Crave says. So the regulation established uh, one of, one of the many things that they have dealt deal with. The regulation established for the AI with right. AI can't write or rewrite literary literary material. And AI-generated material will not be considered source material. Good. This is a good step with regulations on towards AI. That's good because that's the last thing what we want. A writer can choose to use AI when writing services. It can be required. All right. So the writer has the option to like, let me just go to AI and... Generate something, but it is not required to do so. So it's not obligated that you have to use AI. It is more of a, of a reference of like, ah, if I can't think of something, oh, let me just AI. Okay, we can use some of this. All right, some of that can be brought, brought in. Studios must disclose to the writer if any materials given to the writer have been made by AR or incorporate AI generated materials. That's actually pretty a good point to make. That's, yeah, that, that's fair. They have to let them know, like, hey, yeah, I use a little bit of it, you know? give that, you know, a little um, credits. And the WGA reserves the right to assert the exploitation of writer's material to train AI is prohibited by the agreement or other law. Okay, that's good. That's good. That means, um, I mean, wait, let me rewrite. So they have the right to reject AI material. That's good. That's so good. That's so good. Studios have agreed to provide the writers with streaming data for self-producing high-budget shows. That's great. So they're gonna get all the money. They're gonna get all the money now. I mean, what what are my thoughts in all this? Um, that's wonderful. That's great from here. We can actually move forward to watch some uh, some of the delayed productions and whatnot. Everybody can go back to work and everything. This is actually pretty good. This is a good stepping forward. Now that AI is into the, uh, into the conversation, Fins can be regulated and fins can be like restricted. Um, yeah, I was beginning to worry because you know none of these people are getting paid that much, and they're and it, it, I'm pretty sure a lot of people were getting to the point like I have to cross the line because I need to pay for my bills and why not? And I don't have money. I don't want to go bankrupt or any of that stuff. Now that fins are moving forward, now everything can continue back. It was it was getting closer, and now. Now, um, companies, corporations, or studios like that cannot search for uh, freelancers or any of that. Now they have to like, oh, fuck, we not need to use them. Yes. Now you got to use your real writers can be using half-ass shit. Every show, every movie is not going to go back to normal. Great news. This is a victory for all around. And I'm pretty sure that the in the video game strikes and the uh, car dealer strikes are going to fall through. Eventually, they have to cave in they knew what they're doing was wrong absolutely they're taking all the money and not letting them know um what else see this is exactly why I I want I want to talk a lot more about the strike but that's exactly why I want to build like another podcast trying to talk about well the strike goes in talks in the entertainment industry but it also goes into the into the gaming and film and movie world that I want to get to like like the geek world. And these are other things that I why I wanna talk about pockets again. I'm looking for people right now. Um, Then quickly before we wrap this up, movie and TV section. A soccer review. So far, I'm in love with this show. This show has done nothing but great things, and they're doing it the right way. And the and they're bringing back of Anakin, um, the original Anakin Skywalker's character into it, and do the little de aging CGI shit like. I don't have a problem. I don't know why people are complaining about it. But I don't have a problem. And every other episode has nothing but eights and nines. There was probably like one or two sevens and sits. But everything else is just straight up right there. Eight and nine. Eight and nine on reviews. Um, the last episode, I was just like, whoa. Like, every, I mean, every episode, I'm getting I'm getting a whoa factor out of this. And, and it's getting better and better. Now there's going to be a, I don't know if it, if the last episode is next week or it's like 10 episodes i, I need to fact check on that but, but the way it looks like it's like yeah i feel like we're going to have 10 episodes because there's so much to talk about there's so much many many things that are happening but oh my god the the show is amazing i highly suggest you guys take a look at it um and lastly pokemon the new pokemon dlc um area the uh, hidden treasures of area 0 It's a two-part DLC there. So they just released the first DLC. My thoughts on it, um, it didn't add up much to the story other than, like, it's good. Uh, If I had to scale it on a review on the first DLC, it's like a 6 or 7 out of 10 at best. Because they they didn't add much content. Like, if I wasn't grinding... A lot because I, I was grinding so I can catch her a specific Pokemon uh, and they tell me that I have to catch 150 Pokemon within that certain area, which is pretty hard. It took me hours to try to get to it. If it wasn't for that grinding, then I would have passed that game in less than an hour. That at least that DLC section. Um, it's just it doesn't add much to it, and the characters is like, eh. But I feel like the, the way I'm looking at all these characters and the storyline, it's going to lead up to the second DLC, which in my recommendation, I will hold getting the DLC and wait until the second gets released. So that way, when you get when it gets released, you can play it through and it feels like, oh, it's been like hours of playing on this game because of the added, added content. Now, I'm pretty sure they're going to add more stuff into it. But yeah, guys, um, the, the, the DLC so far is like, eh, and I'm pretty sure it's gonna be the app, but when you combine it together, then it becomes all right. Now it makes a whole lot of sense, you know. Um, and the capturing of the Pokemons was pretty easy. Um, catching the certain, the certain, you know, mythicals or whatnot. All right, you know, it, it's good. This. It's just, I it, it feel like short. Sure, I needed more, you know, and I wish they could give us more, but that's it, guys. We're going to wrap this up. Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below in terms of the video that we discussed today about fair use. Also, all the other stuff that we got. Let me know in the comments down below. And don't forget to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And of course, the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the Lone Wolf Podcast or at Lone Wolf Pod. We'll see, guys. Um, guys, I'm looking for a stream. I'm looking for a co-host for to make this geek channel. Anybody's interested, let me know. Let me know. I'm I'm open and we can probably work something out. Um, Comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experience. If you guys got a specific topic, please let me know in the comments down below. I'm going to do my best to cover it on the next episode. So, guys, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys at the next one, all right? Peace.